to I Loved This Conversation, the podcast where creative people talk about what's currently going on in their creative lives. I'm Alex Salzberg. My creative life, in addition to this podcast, includes animating and writing and directing animated films. I'm recording this intro from my desk in Boston, where I just finished something for a really big deadline, so I am both proud of myself and very fried. But I'm really excited about this episode with Mark Winsky, an actor, a singer, a TikTok creator, and an advocate for people who stutter, which we'll talk about a lot. I've been friends with Mark for more than 10 years, so you'll hear that kind of in the tone of the conversation. Uh, We met on a trip to Israel for young adults when we were 20. If you've been following along with my arc with this podcast, uh, you'll know that one of my worries and one of the reasons it took me a long time to launch this podcast is because I was worried the theme of just like two creative people having a conversation was too general, that there wasn't like enough of a niche or a niche, niche, niche sound off in the emails about how to pronounce that. Anyway, what's funny is, and I think this is such a lesson in just like starting the thing and then letting it become what it wants to become. I feel like over the past six episodes, a theme has really arisen. And that theme is working on becoming our authentic selves. And that's so cool. Because I think that is something that a lot of creative people are really working on, both in their personal life and in their art. So it makes sense that that's sort of come out of all of these conversations. And that's been kind of the arc of me making and releasing this podcast, too. We touch on this in the conversation today because this is the last episode I recorded before releasing this podcast, Into the Wild. This podcast is a part of me becoming more authentic in my creative life. It's an exercise in me sharing more about myself and putting out the kind of work that I want to put out into the universe, which includes these kinds of conversations in a podcast format. So what's been cool is that all of these conversations with these guests about authenticity have really helped me feel validated and encouraged and given me the the courage to share these podcasts in the world because it is scary. I I like being the center of attention sometimes, but I'm not used to putting this much of me into my work. This conversation with Mark, which I recorded remotely, I was in Tel Aviv, he was in New York, is so much about authenticity. We talk a lot about Mark's journey from being an actor who hides his stutter to being an actor who stutters openly. We also talk about the troubles of TikTok, audition anxieties, and representation. Now, the representation talk gets a little bit tense when it treads into our working relationship, or really like the lack thereof, uh, because I have never cast Mark to be a voice in anything. And I know it can be really, really uncomfortable to hear a conversation get tense between two people in real time. It can feel kind of um, unsafe. Two things to keep in mind when you get to that part. One, Mark and I are really good friends who really love each other. So we can get into the weeds like this because we both know we're going to be okay. So know that when we're in that part of the conversation, neither of us are worried about our friendship or even the rest of the episode. Two, The tense part of the conversation ended up being really important to the rest of the conversation because it brought us to a really cool place of understanding and learning and love. So even though it's like really vulnerable to include this in the episode, because it actually doesn't really cast me in the best light, you'll see, I'm really proud to share this really honest, in-the-moment conversation 
between two people. I think it's important to see these conversations the way they play out in real time and not just hear about what we learned from them after. Uh, One last thing, this episode has more swears than the other episodes, not a ton, but if you happen to be listening with little kids and you don't want them to hear the F word a few times, you might want to listen later. That's all. Let's get to it. Let's meet our guest and hear his connection to me. My name is Mark Winsky, and I am a close friend, colleague, travel buddy, global traveler liaison to Alex. Wow. The uh, colleague and liaison really elevated that. I, you know... Does anyone know it? What does liaison even mean? You got me. I picture a liaison as someone who sort of picks you up from somewhere, maybe, but also like does it in sort of a fancy way. Like a, I think that it goes, there's like, there's like ride and then in the middle there's liaison and then above that is chauffeur. Oh, so you're thinking of it as a, like a job title? Yeah, like a service. Like, um, my liaison will meet you there and we'll rendezvous with the codes. Oh, see, I see it as like a a close friend who is helping you like through a challenge. Well, instead of looking it up, I'm going to open with a very, very big question. But the good news is, If you think it's unfair for me to do that, I will have to answer this question at some point during this conversation. Mark Winsky, uh, what is something you are going through in your creative life and or where your creative life overlaps with your entire life? It could be a problem you're trying to solve, a decision you're trying to make, or just something you're feeling weird and angsty and anxious about. That's a very good question. It's, um, so as... As a person who stutters and also an actor and a creator, I am simultaneously unlearning past trauma and guilt and shame Mm. at the same time as I'm doing the thing, as I'm still acting and still creating this uh, environment that that I've never envisioned before right now. Right. So to, I want to sort of ask, is what you're describing essentially that in a, in a perfect world with endless time, your little board game path would be like the first space is like unlearn the trauma, guilt, and shame. And then once you get past that space, then it's like, live live your creative dreams and and build a career but unfortunately uh due to the nature of life um you have to do all of it at the same time is that accurate yeah they 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 didn't create that life life card token yet in in the game of life board board games are notoriously bad at including getting over your trauma they're just right to get to get deeper on this question. Um, can you speak to some of those um, those traumas, uh, those things you're trying to unlearn? Yeah, I mean, even 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 being on uh, uh, on this podcast right now is something that I've been told 
through micro traumas and 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 microaggressions of other people telling me that that my vo- voice alone wasn't worthy enough to be heard like i'm i'm as as people who stutter like our voices aren't good enough the way they are to be heard on a podcast to be heard on the radio to right. to to be seen and heard through these forms of art. I never thought about that way that like specifically a podcast interview or a radio interview because I, I imagine when there's and please correct me if I'm wrong when there's other forms of art right when you're acting which is like a also includes a visual component sometimes only a visual component like when you enter this space is there a unique feeling of like oh shit I'm bringing up this bag of trauma with me not until now. <laughs> not, 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 not until just, 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 so. just now. But no, it's no, because I'm, I mean, it's so cool that I'm in such a different place with, with this part of my voice to where I, I, I'm encouraging. I'm, I'm encouraging myself to put the sound out into the world, you right, know, like, right. and um, I think that's what's so cool about this is just kind of trusting the process that 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 listeners are 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 just going to listen. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Since I've met you, you've you've been an actor, and my sense is, as long as I've known you and we've had a lot of conversations like this, that one of your dreams is to gain mainstream attention as an actor make a mainstream impact as an actor essentially for lack of a better word like despite your stuttering right you want to play roles maybe that have nothing to do with stuttering and and then i think a simultaneous dream i get the sense that you have that has maybe been more at the forefront lately with the work you've been doing is you also dream of represent like you just described representing stuttering and um representing people who stutter is there any tension between if this makes sense trying to pursue things despite stuttering and trying to make art because you stutter. Do those things ever clash? Is there any weird trade-off there? A hundred percent they clash <laughs> at the same time. It is, I, I, I always fuck up this movie title. It's the everything always all at once at the same time. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, but yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's it's yeah, all all of those things that you said, though wanting my acting, wanting my craft to be the lead mm-hmm. of the show, that's the goal. Like I, I think I think my goal is I want to create truthful, authentic characters with really good acting and to 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 kind of to change up a little bit what you said change that word despite into and and yeah period like you know it's um i i think there's been so much 
so much negative representation or zero representation. Right. What do you think, um, what do you think, I mean, maybe Hollywood or media or even just people in general, what do people get wrong the most about stuttering and the representations you've seen? Listen, as, as a stuttering community, our main form of representation is a talking pig <laughs> without pants. Right. <laughs> now, is that one Focus. is that one almost better because it's like he has a second thing about him, the no pants. It's almost like he's a no. he's more well rounded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh, listen, it's not Porky's fault. That's all Porky knows. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's a good segue into. It's what society knows. Right. Like society has been taught that the that the, the, the that the only way stuttering can exist is for something to be overcome. Right. It is something that oh they stuttered as a kid and now they've overcome their dream dr- or their 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 disfluency and and. Now they're able to be successful. Uh, something, a misconception that I admittedly had about stuttering before meeting you. Um, I, I don't think you're the first person I've met who stutters, but you're you're the first um, friend I've had who stutters. And I just always, and I think this is from media, I always associated it with being related to nervousness, like that hmm. it that it was not necessarily an, an inborn trait, but that rather it was like, an, I guess, a nervous tick, for lack of a better word. Um, so I, I don't know if you've run into that misconception um, in your experiences. Yeah, that is that is usually the thing that people say most to me. They'll say, oh, just like, take your time. Don't be nervous, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm not ordered. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not nervous. I'm ordering a stack of pancakes at a diner. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not nervous. I'm hungry. But also the fact that it's so misunderstood and like the nervousness isn't what causes the stuttering. The nervousness comes from, how people are going to anticipate that or like mm. make fun of that or think of that. So like, that's why I'm doing a lot of the creation work that I'm doing currently is to just put the sound, the, the, <laughs> the sound of stuttering, just right. putting, it, putting it into the world, period, w- without any comment sometimes, uh, just, just, doing it. You've talked a lot to me personally, and then also in your work and in in other podcasts. And I've just seen you talk a lot about this. And I really love talking about this is that I'll oversimplify your narrative to say there was a point in your life where you chose your words very carefully um, to minimize stuttering. And then there was a point where you consciously decided to not do that. Um, And I'm curious, like, on the scale from like overnight, like, from now on, I do this to like a slow process. Where do you fall on that? So I've actually got a great story for that. I 
I had I had just graduated college. I I I had booked my first Broadway national tour, and at that time, I thought, great, I'm I've I've got two months that 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 I'm living in New York City, so I need to kind of. Uh, fix my stuttering this was my thought process uh, at the yeah. time i was i've got all of these great facilities in 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 new york city i did all my research i checked out different programs and yeah. all these things promising different things because at that time my self-talk my narrative and and the narrative around me was oh yeah i i i stutter in real life but but as soon as i'm on stage i'm i i don't stutter because james o jones did that and emily blunt and bruce willis Mm. they 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 didn't stutter so i don't right right well well, yeah, and and like that was something I told myself for years. Yeah, can I ask? So you got this role um, out of college. Was the role itself? Um, I imagine there was singing involved because it was probably were, were there spoken lines, or was the fear more that you wanted to go into this new, this new career situation just with more? Um, is fluency the right word? Is that the word? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so fluency mm-hmm. meaning like not stuttering as much. Correct. Yeah. If not at all, right, right. There were lines, yeah. and in in college, I would stay up till four a.m. circumnavigating text and doing little ch- tricks like sliding into words and sliding like with my voice and sliding into words and like planning planning these things out to a T. Um, and giving up all form of character and right. giving up all form of truth and giving up everything else except for trying to, 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 to trick the listener, <laughs> you know? Um, so I found a program at the American Institute for Stuttering that um, really focused on on treating the person mm-hmm. and really focusing on the, the the person and not the speech and at this time day one i i came in and i i was still changing my words around and finding new words um for instance instead of saying can 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 i have a che- che- cheeseburger right I I would say um I was wondering if I could uh, bother you for a hamburger with cheese. Mm. So I went in and day 1 the speech th- therapist there said, "Hey, Mark, you, you don't have to change you, your words." And it was like the biggest mind explosion like what? <laughs> What I, I I I can openly stutter and just be me 
and say the words that I want to say and stutter through those words? Right. He's like, yeah. And so I did. And, like, that was baseline. Like, that was it. I'm just like, I'm not going to change words anymore. And through that process, like, that was the first step in order to just, just put out some really fucking good stuttering and allowing it to happen. Mm. Was that terrifying at first? Was it immediately freeing? Like, I guess I am kind of asking how, how overnight did the shift feel to you? Did it, was it a right away, like Eureka moment or were you like, okay, I'll try this. Both. 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 Yeah. It was a right away Eureka moment in the sense that I found such power, Salzburg, in my words. Yeah. I felt such power in in not giving in to words that I didn't want or mean to say. Mm. Now, the underlying part of that was I hated stuttering i hated the sound of stuttering so yeah to answer that question it was both it was so freeing it was so powerful and also the most terrifying fucking thing (laughs) of my life are there moments where you're still very very terrified or has that subsided a little bit yeah yeah i'm still i mean there's still that that little four-year-old five-year-old kid in hide of you that's saying like don't do this they're gonna laugh right i'm interested it is this something is this talk about uh, uh, authenticity and like the past self is this relatable to your life like what's it is this bring it up it is 150 percent relatable the thing i'm going to relate it to in my life uh i i don't say this because i think these are equivalent or necessarily comparable things but it's just on an emotional level i really relate to this one of the biggest hurdles to me uh living authentically um less so as an artist because my body is generally hidden behind my art but uh but as a living authentically as a person is my um, image of my body. You know, I, I, for anyone who doesn't know what I look like, I have a larger body. Um, I grew up being taught by a variety of, from a variety of directions, probably like you, you know, family, culture, just friends, strangers, being taught that the goal was hiding, which is... You can never fully hide, but it's like put as much effort into hiding as possible, whether that's through what kind of clothing I wear, you know, oh, this looser clothing, then they won't notice this roll of fat over here that you're uncomfortable about, whatever. So I I say all that to say that this, I really relate also to how terrifying it is to stop hiding the thing that you are so deeply, deeply programmed of hiding. Is Is there a part of you that's still like, Come on, Mark, just go back to the easy times when you just changed your words and nobody laughed at you. Or or has that part been mostly silenced? That part has been very much silenced as I've become much more proud of mm. of, of 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 me. 
and like like everything I gave up, the amount of callbacks for Broadway shows I consciously skipped or pretended I didn't I didn't get the sides or pretended I was sick and mm. couldn't go in the audition or the amount of times the the first thing the first thing that I looked at as soon as I got these auditions were how many how many words does the script have wow and this wasn't to see how big the part was right. <laughs> this was how many words am I going to have to get through? I have um, friends who are actors and something, at least from an outside point of view, that I'm so always so curious about, and I, I could be wrong about this, but from what, what I've heard, my sense is one of the hard parts of being an actor is already, even if you're you know fluent, is this, this auditioning process, right? When I'm applying for a job or trying to get a client, I never have to walk into a room full of people who look vaguely like me and then and then hope that I'm the one. And and so what is it for you, if, if this premise is even correct, like to walk into that room full of people who not only look like you, but don't stutter? Or maybe they do, uh, but you, you assume they don't. Oh, they're already better than me because they're fluent. Mm. They weren't. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they weren't. Like my biggest thing for basically my entire career was I knew, I knew that I had a bigger, a higher ceiling of potential. Right. <laughs> it is one of your hopes that a casting agent might cast you or, or someone else who stutters for a character and then that character now happens to stutter just because that's how you talk. Yep. Um, is, there, is there also any hope, like, would you want to play a character who is fluent? Because you'd, you'd, I'm sure, be able to, or is your interest only in, if, is it like, look, I stutter, so if I play a character, they stutter? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring to the role what I bring to the right. role. It would be like saying, oh, we want to hire Brad Pitt, but we don't want his, his, his audio wave to be Brad Pitt's audio right. wave. I'm obviously not any sort of big time Hollywood casting director, um, but I'm I'm in a weird point in this conversation. We we've scratched the surface of this before, but when I I as an animator, when I cast people, it's very specifically for their voice. Can I ask you something? Please. I've I've always wondered, like. Has he not allowed me to work with him because I stutter? Mm. And he, um, and like, that might be true in your mind. Right. I've always thought yeah. that. Like, does he think that, that, that my voice is not worthy enough to be a, a cartoon character. On a conscious level, it's more that um, I just have, for the characters I've been casting, you haven't you know, come into my mental Rolodex. That said, I wanna be really um, 
honest. And I think if I'm being totally honest with myself and, and I'm not asking you mm-hmm. to not call me up for this, but if I'm being totally honest with myself, there's a wall for me when I'm casting someone, I have such a specific voice in mind. I have trouble imagining, and this is not a good thing, casting someone who stutters for a character that I did not preconceive as someone who stutters. Um, whether that stutter is a, is a important or sort of background part of their character. So I, I wonder if you have reactions to that. I'm going to ask you why. Um, why can't that character stutter? Let's see. Uh, some of it, and again, this is all gut reactions. So these are things that perhaps I have to unprogram. That's what I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. This conversation is so important. Yeah, I know as I'm saying this, this is unfair, even if I believe it. I have lost a lot of these preconceived notions about stuttering because I've had the um, the privilege of having you as a good friend, um, and I like really yeah. love this. But because I am aware of sort of the general preconceived um, notions of stuttering, I think there's a fear. Especially, I don't get the chance to make very long animations, right? So. If I'm making a short film, I, I only have, and I'm not talking about timing, like how long it takes to say something. I only have a certain amount of content to make to get a point across. Um, and I think there's a fear that if a character um, stutters as sort of a matter of fact, um, there's almost a distraction there, not because stuttering's bad, but because I would worry the audience would construe that as now this is about their stutter. And that it would almost be distracting if we never address it. You know what I mean? You got to trust the audience, man. This is why I'm still doing what I'm doing. Right. This is what, that is the reason that I'm dealing with all of the fucking trauma that I've been yeah. dealing with for 30 right. years. So by you saying that, it is adding to my personal pain. Yeah. And millions of other people. Yeah. Um, and, then, and look, that's hard for me to hear about some about a gut reaction I'm good. expressing. Yeah, yeah. Good. No. Good man. Like yeah. good. Like I, I, I need. I'm. Uh, this, this is not. Who aren't the outlier here? Right. Like that is a common right thought. Which is why I am so big. On transparency, I still have that gut reaction with all that I know about stuttering and all all the the my yeah. heart is obviously with with your entire <laughs> mission. You you so strongly just saying like trust the audience will stick with me because I think that's something we have to learn over and over. But I think there's this feeling that regardless of like you know I, I don't think of stuttering as a flaw, but my fear that I described before is not even that the audience would think of it as a flaw, hmm. but that they would be when I use the word distraction, I'm not thinking the audience will be like, I'm so distracted by how this guy talks. It's more like um, that they will assume this is a story about stuttering. I mean, they will until they until don't. Until it's not, yeah. And maybe that's besides, you know, the overcome narrative, which we see in things like King's Speech and stuff like that, or or jokes like Porky Pig. Stuttering's so unrepresented. <laughs> is there a worry that you're like, even in my wildest dreams, the next 20 years of this is like, a bunch of stuttering narratives before we can even get to the normalcy? Um, or do you think there's a way we can move faster on these things? There is. With people like you. With, with 
I say taking a chance, but like it's not mm. taking a chance. It's just doing right. it. It can't happen unless it happens. Isn't that it, right? Yeah. It's like someone's someone's gotta push through this shit and it sucks that it has to be you all the time and without my help. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like I'm tired. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, I'm I'm uh I'm I'm sometimes exhausted of being the guy and feeling alone and feeling like I'm the actor, I'm the writer, I'm the producer, I'm the marketing team, I'm the representation specialist, I'm the educator, I'm the therapist, I'm the all these the things. And it all comes full circle. <laughs> the liaison. Yeah. I want to zoom in to to your work. You, like many people in um, in the year 2020, where nothing weird happened in the world, you picked up the app TikTok. At first, you were making content that was sort of general, uh, maybe varying degrees of biographical or silly or just showing off your talents. And at a certain point, you created some content about stuttering, and that reached a, a large group of people on TikTok and kind of kicked off this um, this part of your creative life. Yeah, that's about it. I will say, being a person who stutters on TikTok is challenging. The app is designed for you to not slow down and listen. TikTok is programmed to encourage um, virality in the sense that most of the way that people are using TikTok is this algorithmically composed um, stream of, sounds really apocalyptic when you say that, <laughs> this, this algorithmically composed stream yeah. of videos that the TikTok robots feel you're gonna like. So the goal as a creator, at least from an outside perspective, essentially every video you make is a new blank slate where you're like trying to go viral. So how does it feel? Do you like it? <laughs> so, so I'm in that I'm in that kind of gray area right now where I'm I, I've been getting trapped in that I'm not I'm not getting enough views and like my content recently it hasn't been pushed out by TikTok. Right. I content has not changed so i'm trying to be satisfied with if 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 one person sees yeah. it if i reach one person that's one person greater who now knows that information right. as a creator i um i also try to have that mindset and like we all know that when only one person sees something we're like shit I think this is true with every platform, but TikTok is especially unpredictable. It seems like in what it pushes out. Like, how do you how do you it's survive so that from I a mental can, health perspective? I just keep going. Yeah. I just keep creating. It's such a good practice in not being too attached to what you're putting out there. Right, right. right? It's uh, because it has nothing to do with you. It's easy to forget that when when we're constantly. Uh, constantly looking at those numbers, especially when it's potentially important to our business to have those numbers go up. That's that's the most challenging part, I think, are these completely arbitrary numbers. Yeah. 
I love having the creative prowess on an app like TikTok and like Instagram in order to reach more people. But also, it takes other people, it takes a community in order to share and follow and and like yeah. and like that's part of it. Like that's just part of it. Someone funny on TikTok will do um, something funny, and it will get attention, and then they will do that four hundred more times in slightly different ways. And sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's not. I'm I'm not trying to criticize, but I do get this sense on TikTok that there's a a desperation among creators, an understandable desperation to keep feeding that beast so they get that reward. I'm curious if you, you ever find yourself, even if you're not doing it, if you find yourself thinking like, should I make another one of these? That one got a lot of views. Should I do this instead of this one I really want to do? If I'm not stuttering in a video, if I happen to not even be talking about stuttering, it either does not get put out there, it, it TikTok doesn't push it to people yeah. to be seen, or people will still comment, why is he stuttering? Mm. If I were to create a sad video telling people how sad I am that I stutter yeah. and how sad my life is and, and how bad my stuttering is that video would outperform every video didn't you have a video that i don't think you portrayed as that you are sad but wasn't one of your videos that that got a lot of views a video where you caught someone on camera i forget if they were making fun of you or just reacting badly they they laughed right right it was like at a coffee shop or something they laughed at my stuttering um, yeah. So on the one hand, I, I think it's obviously you, you shared that video for a reason and intentionally, but it, is there a frustration that like that got so many more views than you just like um, stuttering, you know, because you stuttered while you said something else or, or a video where you are not stuttering? Yeah, there is. There is. In order to normalize something, it has to be put out there. And so... What's tough is finding that line between putting putting it out there and like making it the narrative and the plot point. Yeah. <laughs> versus just having it be. I promised I would answer the big question for myself as well of what's something I'm going through in my creative life. It's something I think I'm specifically going to go through with this episode because this episode. Um, and this episode and one another one that I've been editing today are both episodes where um, I am uh, at the higher level of my um, vulnerability in terms of what I share. But also in this episode, you and I had a very vulnerable conversation about um, lear- learned biases that, that I have um, as a fluent person, I guess, with, if that's the best way to put it. Yeah. And... So I'm putting these podcast apps in the bank right now. Like I haven't released one yet. I won't say I'm afraid of releasing it. I actually have like a lot of excitement around it. But there is a, a part of me that sees this podcast. And look, it's not like so I'm not like bearing dark secrets on every episode or anything. Um, there's somewhere I just sort of talk about animation. But like 
even, even just me having my voice fill so much space and my real way of talking, my not pre-planned, my less formal way of talking. So I've done a lot of public speaking actually, and a lot of interviewing people uh, in the past. So I'm not new to that, but this is me just in a conversation. This is me thinking out loud, showing my thought process, making mistakes, not knowing the words for things, you know, saying things that are not necessarily thought through all things that we all talk, all do in normal conversation off mic. I have this weird feeling like the moment I start posting these for better or for worse is like a, a moment I can't come back from. And it's probably a good thing. It probably is going to push me into a new level of authenticity on my journey, but that doesn't make that less scary. And that doesn't necessarily turn down the part of me that's like, Eh, buddy, this is a bad idea. Just go back to drawing cartoon aliens and letting other people talk for them, including Mark, soon. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. You heard it here first. He has offered me a job, and Steven Spielberg shall be producing. Well, look, if I'm getting Spielberg money, I'm bringing... <laughs> Fuck Mark. <laughs> Tom Hanks is coming on board. Screw Mark Winsky. We don't yeah, need no, him. I'm going the Sandler route. I'm bringing in all my little pals. As I said, I feel like I'm on the precipice of entering a new level of vulnerability, which is which is uncomfortable for me. I think I create very authentic and honest work, but I do it through, usually through characters or um, writing or, or drawing. And this is just me talking. And yes, I edit it, but, you know, I can't edit myself to have a different personality. <laughs> or you'd be, so you'd be I know, surprised. So I don't, I don't know. I'm feeling a lot of, uh, not negative feelings. I'm just feeling a lot of feelings about that. I think I'm going to have to grieve the small part of me that was still like a little mysterious as an artist. Not that that's ever been my goal. I don't know. Do you have any reactions to any of that? I will say 10 years ago, I never thought I would be on a podcast, using my voice to to talk, putting my voice out yeah. into the world. Um, and this is about you, too. Yeah. Everything that we do goes somewhere. You, you, you can take a piece of something, whatever you, you want to take from what you are doing for your intention of this project, of this podcast, and be really proud that you did the thing. You know, we all have these like core views of ourselves, right? That get forged in childhood. Like maybe your core view is like, well, talking's not going to be my thing. You know, a core view that came from my childhood was this idea that I, Alex Salzberg, um, am shy. That is, that is a core view. Now, Right, and you're 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 laughing because you met me and had a had the very real impression that I'm not shy. But in childhood, I had some social anxiety, which sometimes led to me being quiet and avoiding public speaking, particularly or, or being nervous about it. But the truth is, when I look back at my childhood, even I wasn't shy. I talked to people all the time. I made new friends all the time. Like. I, I wasn't like some, I wasn't the, uh, you know, big man on campus. I wasn't like a theater kid, like going on stage, but I, even then I actually was in some school plays. So like this narrative that, that imbued in me is this idea that at my core, I'm shy 
it wasn't until I started actually doing public speaking regularly, there was this, this, this cognitive dissonance where I'd be like, well, I'm shy, so why am I enjoying this? And why is it going? <laughs> this isn't a real thing that I do, because I'm shy. I don't know. I don't know if right. that's it. Yeah, yeah, well, no, no, that, that, no, no, I, I can totally relate to that. I, I did a two-year grad school type program to kind of unlearn all of the, the terrible yeah. habits I learned to hide, yeah. <laughs> hide and not like right. acting. <laughs> and I was doing a scene and I stuttered a lot in the scene. And it happened because I'm working on allowing it to just happen yeah. the way it happens. And it did. And I was okay with that. And my teacher ripped me a new one. He ripped you a new one for stuttering? No. 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 He's like, what were you trying to achieve? Like, what were your intentions by by saying this line? And wh what were your intentions of, of, of using that language? I don't know. I, he's like, what do you mean? You don't know. You're the actor. Like, that's your job <laughs> to know. Like, sit down. I'm like, but he goes, sit down. And I went back in my seat and I had my head just like down, confused and like angry and sad. And I'm like, oh, like this is how I felt when I would stutter a lot in a scene. But this time, I'm just a bad actor. <laughs> I'm just a bad actor today. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just a bad actor. Uh, I'm just a bad actor. Uh, that was it. Damn. Um, I have a lightning round. What is something you learned the hard way that you are glad you learned the hard way? I want to say that 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 my words truly do matter, that my voice is able to be heard. I'm, 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 I'm not just saying that just based on what we've talked about, but I have so much ammunition and passion and drive yeah. because of yeah. it in order to he help others. What is something you learned the hard way, but you would be happy for people if they didn't have to learn it the hard way, if they could just learn it from you the easy way by listening to this podcast. It's okay to be authentic to you. It's okay. It's, it's more than okay. You are enough, truthfully. I, I know that term is thrown around no, I, so much. I think it's in, beautiful. I actually think a lot, a lot of people don't like, feel that way, including myself sometimes. Oh, I don't feel that way ever, <laughs> but, I, yeah. but I work on it. What is your favorite thing to do that has nothing to do with acting, creating content, talking about stuttering? What's your favorite thing outside all of all of your creative life that we've talked about? Food. 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 Eating food, cooking food with good friends. How can people find you on the internet to follow, say, your TikTok or your other... Your other content, yeah. what, what do people look for to follow you? Uh, well, type in hashtag stuttering. Uh, that should okay. bring up some stuff. Also type in my name, at Mark Winsky, M-A-R-C-W-I-N-S-K-Y. 
S-K-I. Oh, and, 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 and reach out. Really. Really reach out. I, I read my comments. I read DMs. Um, if there's anyone who actually does want to give me some vo- voiceover work, then uh, we Shots will... fired. <laughs> we will... We will... We will... Pachoo, pachoo, pew, pew, pew. All right. Well, I'm going... <laughs> I'm going to end this episode um, by... I love you, buddy. I I love love you, buddy. I I love you, too. And thank you for having this conversation and and, uh, and being so so game to to podcast with me. Well, thanks for having me. And I'm going to say goodbye. And it's it's okay to stutter. Perfect. Perfect way to end. Thank you to Mark Winsky. I love you, bud. Thanks for such a great conversation. Let's do it again soon. Everyone else, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing, subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that stuff, and even more so. Just contact me. Tell me what you thought of the episode. Tell me what you learned. Tell me what you're going through. Tell me what it made you think of. I love to talk about these episodes. Uh, Did you know I like to talk? Yeah. Thank you to Adam J. Salzberg for mixing this episode and helping get it to your ears. And the theme music is by Typist, which is Adam's solo project. You can check out his album on Spotify and other streaming services. Speaking of which, if you haven't listened to Julia Mark, our last guest, if you haven't listened to her album, Keeping You, check that out. I love it. My review is five stars, but you probably wouldn't be surprised by that if you listened to my episode with her. All right, that's all. I'll see you in two weeks when I'll be uh, married by then. Hi, Mia. Bye, everyone.